This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Kind of Funny X-Cast, your home for all things Xbox here at Kind of Funny. Of course, I'm one of your hosts, Snowbike Mike, and today I am joined with my dude, one of my favorite human beings on planet Earth, Mr. Paris Lily, back again. Paris, what's good? How are you this week? Doing fantastic. Happy to be here. I have completely converted over to windows 11 i'm a windows 11 guy now Whoa, so, yeah. he's in the wow, future Paris. yeah i went oh to the future gosh. yeah you are in the future uh of course we have a very special guest greg miller he doesn't like computers that much but he gave you the hey, face him. like oh snap are we all doing this paris <laughs> lily right now is this what me and greg miller need to do are we stepping into the future with you or should we hold off for a little hold bit off. longer don't do it yet i'm, okay. I'm like I'm, I'm using i'm using a surface studio uh, laptop, but then I also converted one of my gaming rigs. I completely just rebuilt everything. And I was like, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna use Windows 11, and I'm just using it for my daily driver, you know, my day job, the whole thing. And um, it's 90% all right. There's a few little quirks and bugs there as well, but so far so good. So we'll see. But I would say if everything's working good for you now, don't switch because they still got a couple things to work out. Okay, terrific. Of course, I did bring up our special guest today, returning once again after only just a couple of weeks away. Greg Miller is back on the show to talk more video games and to talk Xbox with us. Big Greg, how are you today? I'm great, Mike. I hope everybody took my advice and went and played You Suck at Parking on the best value in gaming Xbox mm -hmm. Game Pass because it's quite the mm -hmm. title. It is quite the title. I played with some of my friends, Greggy, and had a ton of fun. We had a good laughter-filled evening playing multiplayer on your recommendation, so shout out to that. But also, Greg, I want to recommend something to our audience over here on the X-Cast. Of course, we all share the audience here at the Kind of Funny Studio with the Kind of Funny Best Friends. But Greg, of course, if the Xbox listeners don't know, each and every Friday, you host a terrific show over on Peacock, a very special network with This Is Awesome and WWE. And I absolutely love and adore it, Greg. And if they don't know, maybe they've been living underneath the rock. Maybe they don't know living about underneath the, the rock. smackdown that <laughs> yeah. they need to know about. Greg, tell everybody about This Is Awesome really quick because I love it. This is awesome, ladies and gentlemen. It's a WWE programming chronicling the most awesome moments in WWE history. Uh, our episode four, we have an eight episode run for this season. Uh, it just went up a couple weeks ago now. Uh, it was called, you know, the most awesome finishers. So you can go through there and relive the spear, the F5, Stone Cold Steve Austin, Stone Cold Stunner, Sweet Chin Music, and all the rest. Uh, it's available, yeah, on Peacock here in the United States, uh, elsewhere on the WWE network, depending on what you get and how you get it. Uh, we bookend uh, WWE pay per views. So basically, what happens is a big pay per view comes around for that Saturday. Saturday, we air the Friday before and then the Friday after. So as we get closer to Extreme Rules, you can expect the next episode of This Is Awesome, chronicling the most awesome weddings in WWE history. 
Paris, I want you to go check out this latest episode because it is so good. It's all about the ultimate finishers. And I'll tell you what, I'm looking to spear game over Greggy one day when I see him in person because that has got to be the dopest finisher on planet Earth. Can I derail this slightly and we'll talk wrestling and then get back to gaming? Lay it on us. Mike, what is the all-time best finisher? Oh, okay. Well, that's really funny you ask me because my all-time best finisher has got to be the doomsday device. I got to say, Paris, this one is the baddest thing I've ever seen. It definitely leads to the most, like, somebody's probably going to get injured doing that. So I'm going to go with the doomsday device. But your face tells me there's something better. Well, I I, I always have to go back to the Stone Cold Stunner. Course, just because yes. of its the impact of what that means and that character and just where wrestling was at the time. It is the most iconic finisher ever. Um, I would say the one that I always had the most fun with would have been the people's elbow just because obviously the rock had such great comedic timing, but yeah, I, I have to say stone cold stunner. I like both of those pairs. I can get behind both of those. Greg, before we get off of wrestling, because I know I've derailed this, what is your favorite finisher that everybody needs to know about? Man, you know, there's a great list over on This Is Awesome Peacock, yada, yada, yada. Uh, And, like, obviously, I think the Stunner's great. I think Rock Bottom's great. Uh, You know, 3D, uh, the Dudley Death Drop from the Dudley Boys get some love there. However, I am a fan of the finishers that can happen in a flash, that can come out of Mm. nowhere. And we talk about it in the show, and there's a great bit they animated with Randy Orton in the RKO. I'm not seeing anything away from the RKO. But as an ECW stan, I have to go the Van Daminator. Which, of course, if you don't remember, Mike, in ECW, I know you're, you're, you're learning all this as you go, Mike, right? In ECW, there was no disqualification in every match. So it was always like pandemonium, whatever. So Rob Van Dam, this incredibly gifted and athletic wrestler, right, who did the five-star frog splash, rolling thunder, all these different awesome moves, right, had a move called the Van Daminator. And what it would be is that either you'd be wrestling him and he'd toss a chair at you or Lou Alfonso, his manager, would toss a chair at you and then he would spring off his feet and kick the chair into your head and it was one of those where out of the blue you wouldn't even see alfonso would toss the chair at the guy and the guy would grab it and then just get kicked in the head and be down and then be a frog splash on top of it like i loved that i loved rob van dam doing a van daminator every so often and he was just so athletic and so cool in general it's just awesome i love that and greg of course i'm so happy to have you and paris on today's show this is awesome it's so much fun and it is awesome greg i love watching each and every time it pops up on the subscription so please everybody go check that out all my xbox fans but of course this is the kind of funny x cast we post each and every wednesday at 6 a.m west coast best coast time on youtube.com slash kind of funny games roosterteeth.com and of course on podcast services around the globe don't forget that kind of funny is now epic games partners which means you can help support the team in a brand new way if you're buying games off the epic game store if you're upgrading your look in rocket league or fall guys or even rumbleverse or if you're buying a season pass in Fortnite, please use our epic creator code kind of funny at checkout with any purchase to help support the team in a brand new way. And speaking about support, we always got to give a big shout out to those who support us over on Patreon, just like our Patreon producers for the month of September, Fargo Brady, Delaney Twining, Holy Crumpets, James Hastings, and Casey Andrew. Thank you all so much for your support over on Patreon. This week, the Kind of Funny X-Cast is sponsored by NZXT Canvas Gaming Monitors and Uplift 
but we'll tell you all about that in just a little bit. Guys, we have a fun viewer question coming in for a fun icebreaker before we start the show from Geek Made Designs. Paris, I don't know if you've seen best friend, friend of the show, no. Geek Made Designs. They are the incredible wood um, crafting service that makes awesome controller stands for your Xbox Elite controllers, even PlayStation controllers over there with Greggy. Uh, but they make really well done wood uh, finished controller stands. So shout out to them if you're looking for something nice up on your desk. Go check that out as, of course, our good friend Barrett on the ones and twos is showing off right now. Uh, nice eye-catching eye piece right there. I like that. They I can like catch that. Out. Yeah, I do too. Uh, something to keep an eye on there. Don't but of course, me. you can go check them out. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to start it off with these two right there. Uh, here's the question coming in from Geek Made Designs. What's everybody's favorite couch co-op of all time? Could be Xbox, PlayStation, Nintendo, Atari, whatever. By the way, we love the show. Thank you for all you do. Well, thank you for all you do and your creativity over in the gaming accessories world. So Parasol, game over, Greggy. I ask you both, what is the best couch co-op game that you enjoy the most? Paris, I'll go to you first. Now, are we specifically saying co-op or are we including multiplayer in it? Let's go couch co-op. I want to be on the gotta couch be the same with room. you. Gotta be the same yep. room. I, I got to go I, Combat Evolved. I got to say Halo Combat Evolved. Wow. Yeah. That's a terrific answer. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I like that. What is your favorite map on Halo Combat Evolved? When we bring it back to the old school, we talk about the land parties. We think about Wizard. We think about Hang 'em High. What is the best maps there? Yeah, you just said it. It's Hang 'em High. And after that, I would probably say Blood Gulch. But yeah, Hang 'em High. Of course, I like those answers right there. That nothing beats that Halo One pistol, right, Paris? No, just nothing no. ever beat that Halo One pistol. That feel, that vibe. Also, being able to create your own Spartan and add the custom colors to it. I think I always pick Salmon. That nice bright pink. I just loved that one. Is right. So good choice. Halo Combat Evolved. Greg Miller on the opposite side. We got an Xbox one here. What's the best couch co-op game? Your favorites? So I, I I appreciate this, and it's one of those clear your mind, come up with the answer. Mm. Ask me tomorrow, clear my mind, a different one would come up. However, two have come up, and I'm going to cheat because I'm going to go one super classic that is in an Xbox game, one more modern, right? Mm, okay. Super classic, I would have to go Streets of Rage. Like, I remember Streets yeah, yeah, of Rage yeah. on the Sega Genesis was like a life-changing moment when me and Mike Boylan, he came over for a sleepover and brought that, and we sat there and just demolished it and had so much fun. I think it's one of the games, like, he left in the morning or whatever, and, like, I made my parents take me to Funko Land that day to trade something in and buy it. Um, just such an incredible experience and so much fun, right? Um, and then a more modern thing, when I think of couch co-op and i think of it in a modern sense i go to overcooked and how much i love mm. overcooked and how much fun we've had with overcooked yes. both in just crazy ass streams and then you know uh playing off stream just with your friends and then even to the fact of like when i brought my uh playstation home for overcooked one maybe it was overcooked two i don't remember no it was it was overcooked one it came home my friend poe he bought his playstation while we were there i got him that game and we played it like again you know we're grown adults at this point but still staying up till the middle of the night playing through it because you're trying to three star every level and then when he came out here and overcooked two was here same idea like overcook i think is such a special franchise and has done so great in recent times right it being that couch co-op experience in a way you know they're you know our single players are single player games are dead and then it was for a while well couch co-op's been killed by you know multiplayer stuff and like obviously so many great indies are making sure there's a couch co-op scene still alive but overcooked is the one that stands out for me like man that is such a good time with people and you can go to you know 
me and Joey screaming at each other, me and Andrea screaming at each other. It's just so much fun. Oh, great. Oh, That's he's a gonna great cheat, answer. Oh, if he's going to okay. cheat, I got to cheat too then. Uh-oh, so, Double Dragon. Yeah. Good selection. Yeah. yeah. Good selection. Double Dragon. Right back I, in the day. I wish I could go back and interview younger me. Yes. Because it was a thing where yeah. Double Dragon didn't click, but Streets of Rage totally did. Yeah. And I think it might just be growing up because for me double dragon was one of the games i had in my master system whereas genesis was streets of rage and so i think it was just the years that passed between them maybe right. is what wrapped my head around it but it was the blast processing it was how colorful and awesome streets of rage was and it was the quote-unquote story they layered in right of these cops having to take back the city and yada 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 it was so much fun I like both of your answers. And, Greggy, to build off yours, of course, Streets of Rage 4. I yeah. played that. That was my first Streets of Rage experience, and I loved it, Greg. They had wow, a killer first soundtrack, ton of fun, great online multiplayer. So shout out to Streets of Rage 4. That's a great game that you should play right now. But building off of Overcooked, Greg, because I yeah. had that on my list as well, I'm going to go with Moving Out. I think ah, Moving you Out is a terrific out couch co-op game uh same style as overcooked but i've always said it a little less competitive a little less stressful more teamwork more team-based gameplay which i really really like where you Mm. work and cooperate with each other to move out all of your crazy items out of each household so i thought moving out was a great one of course for all the xbox fans pairs they know i'm gonna say it fusion frenzy right we talk about couch competitive games nothing better than a fun party evening filled with fusion frenzy and a whole lot of screaming and throwing the controller at each other to try to win. How, Love that. how have you guys gone this long and not mentioned the actual best couch co-op game, Casual Crashers? Come oh, on, y'all. Wow. The OG, like, four, like four player coming in. Like, this was uh, so many memories playing this in high school with uh, all of my friends and just uh, coming in here and, you know, making new stories every time replaying the, uh, this game over and over again. The true oh. OG right there. Cash great pull. And that's a great Xbox Live Arcade game right yep. there, Bear. One of the yeah, super OGs that really built that. And uh, yeah, I'll never forget Castle Crashers and unlocking new Castle Crasher characters as well, Bear. It was always a fun time. What, what a great game that is. So good pull there. Guys, we got a fun one to talk about. Not couch co-op, but co-op gameplay right now. Grounded 1.0 is finally here, and we got to go hands-on with it early, thanks to our friends over at Obsidian Entertainment and Xbox. So thank you all so much for the review codes and giving us the opportunity to talk about our hands-on experience and give you a review of our experience with Grounded 1.0. Of course, it's been two years in the making, Greg and Paris. It's been a long, long time. As many Xbox fans will know, this has been on early access on your console since July 2020. Obsidian has now hit 10 million players on this little love project of theirs. I mean, Paris, you and I have talked about it. We're talking about a development team of like in the teens to low 20s. This is not a large group making this game, but boasting big numbers, finally hitting 1.0. And of course, we got to go hands-on with it. And I thought, you know what? Let's sit down. Let's talk about our experiences. Let's talk about what we thought and hopefully share the hype and the enthusiasm or the critiques with the Xbox fan base that we have here on the Xcast right now. Greg, I want to kick it to you because you're our guest to start this off. What were some of your experiences with Grounded 1.0? Well, you know, you know, they debut grounded they showcase grounded they say it's going to early access and that was correct me if i'm wrong that was an out today if i remember correct from one of those xbox showcases right where it was like bam it's ready to go and i remember mike you and me jumped in and played that night and real quick i was like i love this atmosphere i love what's going on i'm out of content 
because it was obviously early access day one, yada, yada, yada. And it was pretty much get down to Burgle. And then it was like, okay, cool. There'll be more stuff obviously later on, but we're not there yet. And I was like, I like this enough that I want to wait until full release. Like I'm not going to do a drop in every so often and check in every few months or anything like that. I'll still go and I'll come back later. And so that's what I did. And when I got the review code, I was super excited and I jumped in and played uh, that entire night. And I remember slacking you, Mike, and being like, it was during uh, PS I Love You was doing our replay of uh, God of War. And so I took the night off to play through this or play this. And I was like, I hit you up, Mike, and I'm like, happy to report that Grounded is still a great time. And, you know, days, uh, maybe a week later from that, I still am here happy to report that Grounded is a great time. Like, Grounded is a ton of fun to play. Uh, it is a survival game through and through. And yeah. I'm not, this is a weird one where I'm telling you right now, if you love survival games, and you, you first off, try it, Xbox Game Pass, what are you doing? Go do it. Why, why would you not do it? I had hoped that it was going to be a bit more Obsidian RPG. And what I mean by that is not, you know, the choices matter. I'm blowing up. I'm doing no, 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 nothing crazy. I just was hoping for more of a quest log because when mm -hmm. I, I played that first night and you went to Burgle and they were saying like, oh, there'll be little quests and they'll be like dailies and yada, yada, yada. I was like, awesome. Cool. That sounds great. Coming back and playing that first night, I finished it, put it down, went back to God of War, came back. And then every night since then has been, okay, this is a survival game. And that means I'm just trying to survive and everything else is kind of light in terms of world building storyline stuff. They do a uh, VO. Fantastic. You're finding the tapes, you're playing cassette tapes. You're finding out why the, the creator of the shrink ray got shrunk and how he lived in his experiments, burgles memory, your help getting back. You're slowly kind of piecing your story together too, but that's it outside of that. It is Cool. Craft a better torch, craft a better axe, mm -hmm. craft a better thing. And for me, that is not the kind of game I'm in. So it's not that Grounded is, dis is a disappointing game. Grounded just disappointed me a bit. Where I love the setting, I love the visual style, I love what they're doing with it, but I played it and I was like, oh, okay, well... I'm doing a stream with Mike and Andy, which was today, but next week when I was talking about it, right? I'm going to stop. I'm going to hold off instead of doing the thing right now where I'm pounding my head against trying to survive here and not having a great time and play with them and see if that's the proof in the pudding, the secret sauce, the thing that'll make me into a grounded fan fan. And we did that today. We played three hours of it, had a lot of fun, but it is not the thing that made me walk away going, I got to play more grounded tonight which is disappointing for me, Greg Miller. I don't think, and you see the review scores it's getting, I don't think that's disappointing for someone looking for a great survival game experience. Well said there, Greg. Paris, I'll kick it to you next to hear your thoughts and impressions early on, and then we'll take a deep dive into some of the goods and the bads. Yeah, so it, it's interesting what, what Greg just said, because I'm pretty much in agreement with him, and, and I think for me, here's, here's the difference. It's... And, and I've probably put in a good 12, 14 hours playing this game. And, and to his point, I jumped in when it first came out early access. And then I kind of stopped like, you know what? I'm, I'm going to wait till the final thing comes out. And obviously here we are with, with the story. I think for what Grounded is, I, I think this it's a, it's a great game. It is. If, if we were probably scoring it, I would probably have it in that four to five range, right? Four, four out of five range, right? But um, to your point, Greg, I think you have to really be into survival games to to love this game that that's the whole because this is truly a survival game and the thing that i've learned sitting here playing over the over the past week and a half is like my son would watch me and he would want to play 
but he couldn't because obviously it was early access. And as I'm playing, hitting that struggle bus, because I was playing it at whatever the normal difficulty is, literally everything in this world is trying to kill you, right? So, <laughs> and, and I would hit the struggle bus sometimes going, going through that, right? And again, it being a survival game, oh crap, I gotta get some need, I gotta get water, I gotta do this, I need to craft a new tool, all these things, oh shit, I'm dead, oh, oh crap, I'm dead. You know, go back and get my backpack or whatever. It's a game that you, I feel to truly enjoy, you need to play with other people. That, that's what I've, I've taken away from this time. I, I found me playing by myself while it was okay. I really wanted someone else to be there with me. You know, the base building, all that stuff. It's like if I had the crew in there and we're going through the story together, we're doing the quest, we're building all this stuff, we're fighting all the spiders and all this other flying stuff coming, coming at us, that would be fun. But doing it by myself, like you said, Greg, I'm, I'm literally just trying to survive. Once you get past that layer of it, there's not a lot there. And that's not a bad thing, no. but it's a thing that's best enjoyed in my personal opinion with people. Like to your point, playing, I watched you guys play a little bit on the stream. I, if like once I would have been done with the stream, there would have been no desire for me to continue doing that by myself. I would want people to continue playing, playing with me, if that makes sense. 100%. I think even that's the thing about it where and i saw so many of the reviews talking about this right the difficulty and you know the curve of leveling up or growing as a character and there is i think it was actually mike when we, before we even really got into this was talking about the fine line of a survival game where it yeah. is the challenge of surviving and then the dramatic beat down stomp you into the mud part of surviving and, you know, when I dropped my when I ventured out of my comfort zone that I had built uh, where I was keeping my little lean to in my workshop and all that stuff. And I was like, I just want to explore in that direction. Right. And I went in that direction and just got eviscerated. Right. The, I, you drop your backpack, you respawn, you see your backpack. I'm like, well, I had a lot of good stuff. I'm going to go back and get that. And when I went back and got it and got killed again and went back and got it, and get killed again. And none of that. I'm getting killed and not even doing any damage to the enemy. Nothing like it's not like I was in the fight or anything else. And I'm crafting a spear instead of my axe or cat. You know, I'm like, I'm not doing anything. It became like, oh, well, I'm just not going to go back for that stuff. You know what I mean? And that's not the gameplay loop I want. And I understand, of course, that, again, it's a forgiving survival game. And I don't mean that in terms of obviously we're talking about of getting your head kicked in. But it is the fact that. Every backpack I've ever dropped is still out there, to my knowledge. There's still backpacks littered on my screen when I turn it on, right? So they are still there, and so it is that encouragement of like, well, you died in a gas, so you know you need a gas mask, or you got attacked by this thing that you weren't powerful enough for. Like, I get that, and I understand that. That said, me, Mike, and Andy playing today, you know, didn't even we did not pass where I was in the game, or I, we mm -hmm. almost caught up to it or whatever. Uh, yeah, I played it really weird. We'll get to that later. But we storyline caught up to where I was. But we were still none. We could not beat the mosquito. We all, you know what I mean. We all got killed by the same mosquito. And granted, maybe we weren't organizing attacks and doing things. But it is still that thing of just like, okay, well, it's not like banding together made us feel super strong. We made, we, you know, we built the base way quicker and had a whole more fun doing that. I think than I did solo. But it still was like, all right, cool. Well, we clearly need to stay organized and do the. Yeah. But I'm not like mm -hmm. motivated to go back and do that and co conquer that challenge. Mike, am I wrong? No, not at all, Greg. Uh, it's funny because I echo both of you and I'll, I'll say very similar things and I'll talk about that difficulty spike. But yeah, after today's stream, I think it hurts, 
right, Greg, when you review these games early and then try to jump back in with your regular public friends and have to do the same thing over and over again, sure. right? It is a little wearing. And going into this, I thought, okay, for sure, this is how I want to play. Because when we talk about that difficulty spike, I played on mild, which is the easiest part on the difficulty level scale. And I still got beat down constantly in this game. And we'll talk about that a little bit later, but I'll give a hint. The assistant manager does not mess around. And if you've made it to that part when you're listening to this, you will know going in solo on that is very difficult. And so, yeah, was looking for a different vibe multiplayer-wise. And I think that's what these survival games are all about, is going in with friends, having that shared yeah. idea of, hey, we're going to build this base together or, or we're going to go explore. And it's also that thin line, Greg, in Paris of, I really enjoy what Grounded is doing with this story, right? They have 10 minutes of pre-rendered cutscenes. They have hundreds of hours of dialogue lines, right? Just like you brought up, or I should say hundreds of lines, not hours of dialogue, like you brought up, Greg. And I got lost in the story. I liked it when I was alone and I could hear what was going on and starting to piece together, well, why am I small? Why am I in this backyard? Mm -hmm. I think they had a really interesting narrative that you rarely get in the survival games, right? For like sure. you'll get some sprinkled, but I think they went above and beyond and really made something special. But of course, when I play with my doofus friends over there, we're just going to be yelling and doing dumb stuff. So I won't ever get it, right? The full story. So it's like this weird give and take, but that difficulty spike was punishing throughout all of my time. I hit about 20 hours by myself and it hurt to play by myself where I would get beat down like you brought up, Greg, where I would lose a backpack and I had to ask myself, Am I doing this again, right? Perfect yeah. example was going up against the assistant manager. I probably fought that fight six to seven times in a row, and I got close. I was in the final one-fourth to one-third thinking, you got this, but really I didn't have that. And I think that's also the fun part about these survival games is you should be able to let off the gas a little bit, go somewhere else, reevaluate, gear up, be better to go into those fights. And I think... When you're fighting by yourself, you might get in that mindset of go, 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 when it should be, hey, I'm going to go smell the roses over here and do something different. Greg, and I see you saw something. One of the things for me, right, of like I said, I played it weird because if you're talking about story beats, right, we caught up to what I had done in, I'd say, yeah, three or four sessions in mm -hmm. one stream today, which doesn't sound good, but... I really got pretty much to the precipice of where we were for the main mission of the stream in that first night, no problem. But it was like not a, I wouldn't say even a strength or a weakness. It depends on where you're at and how, how you want to conquer the game. Grounded is great at you have been shrunk and dropped in the backyard. People will tell you, go to the hedge maze, go to the hedge thing, go to the pond. And it's not necessarily like, Here's the exact front door to how to get in there. Mm, and right. so what what it was for me early on was, you know, you get told by Burgle, go to the, go to the hedge lab. And that was night one, like I'm talking about. And I head off in that direction and I took I get killed by a bunch of spiders. OK, I won't go that way. I head off this way. Uh, a larva pops up and that gets me. OK, well, I'm going to go this way. All right. There's the hedge. I, you know, go there. I sneak past some spiders and I see the, the lab door and I get to the door and it's locked. And it's like, OK. This isn't the way in. So I go left and I get killed by a spider. I go, you know, and every time you're, I'm getting killed. And again, this is me. I could have made a lean too closer and respawn there and change my spawn point. I was getting sent back to the home base I was working on, which then meant I'm traversing all the way back across mm -hmm. the lands and doing the thing, which mm -hmm. I didn't want to stop going to the home base because I was making a home base. But then I am. 
And so like after a number of spider deaths right there, I was like, cool <laughs> gameplay change. I'm going to stay at home base, make base awesome. I'm going to sit there. I'm going to go through and craft the shit out of stuff. So I have the best of every, and I'm crafting armor and I'm doing this, but then to start looking into, well, the red ant stuff is better, but I need to go kill more red ants. But when I go kill the red ant, the other red ants fight me, but I kill them and I make it out by the skin of my teeth, but I'm not getting the specific thing I need from the red ant. I'm just getting some other, it's like, all right, well, I'm not feeling motivated anymore to sit here and work this. So now let's go back off. And like, I went back over to find the hedge. I worked, I went to a completely different area, worked my way in there. And then I have this um, great video game aha moment of, I'm in a new thing. I found the little satellite lab. I come back down from it being in a tree. I'm now wandering underneath the hedge. I look, there's this part of a lab. I look up, the, la the lab that it fell from is suspended in the air. And I was like, oh, that's smart. Now it's a night of, well, how do I get up? There? Oh, shoot, spider, run, run, run. Okay, the spider's not, oh, okay. Blah, blah. And it's like, it's so much of, I think there's people and survival game fans who thrive on that of awesome. There's as soon as I need what I need, blah, blah. but for me with like, you know, Ben in limited game time and all this stuff, I was like, oh man, this is kind of stressing me out. The fact that I'm spending multiple sessions trying to do the same thing and get where I need to be. And then you get up there and you find the thing and you do things like, okay, cool. This was a cool payoff, but it puts you in the dark on purpose, which gives you those aha moments. But it, for me, they came at too high a cost of my time for me to be like, this was worth it. Yeah, I really like that of what you're saying with the world design, but also the navigation and being lost, right? That was my only other bad along with the difficulty spike is there's some navigation pinch points here yeah. that will really get you scratching your head and lost and frustrated, right? And I think that's the big thing coming out of it was there's some fr frustration points in this game that really hurt and negatively impact my view on it, right? But I love the world and what they did, like what you brought up where, where you looked up and you saw the piece had fallen down, right, Greg? Like for yeah. me, I never saw that. So I was there being a dimwit running around on the ground until I figured out, oh, here's a paperclip. I'm going to start climbing and somehow stumbled upon it. And it's really cool because this game has also been in early access for two full years, right? So we're not the first ones to go explore this. So you can go to YouTube and find this. And the puzzles that they created for this I don't know, Paris, if you jumped into it. I know Greg hasn't, but the koi fish pond and finding out how to find that bunker and going deep down in that. No, it's like I didn't. really well thought out, fun puzzles for each and every one of these four initial bunkers that you're going to go find. And that was some of the stuff that I loved along with the systems, right, Greg? I think the yeah. big highlight is this is a very well thought out and well done survival game when it comes to it. This isn't like when we talk about Mario plus rabbits, right? And we had that fun little moniker of baby's first XCOM. This isn't baby's first survival game. They have some really deep systems that make it fun for survival ultra fans, right? When you're looking at it, you can go from the very basic building stuff to the biggest and the baddest building. You have upgrades for all of your weapons. You have upgrades for your character itself. Like there's a lot of systems at play. And also the insects collide with each other, making these cool epic battles amongst each other, which was I thought cool, was yeah. cool. Yeah. Like there's a lot of cool systems that are all working together that I love. Well, see that that's the, the overall sentiment that I have between what Greg was just talking about and what you were just saying, Mike. I mean, are there some some things, some kinks that that could be worked out that aren't the greatest? Like it, it's almost a blessing and a curse that they don't hold your hand. 
that's the whole beauty of a survival game in that it's encouraging me to go out into the world. I I have to expect that I'm going to die. I'm probably going to die a lot, but then I'm going to discover all these new things. I'm going to see something of like, well, how do I get there? All right. Let me try to figure this out. And that's where I, I go back to, and I'm, I'm obviously kind of in, in your boat, Greg, where it, there's limited time because there's kids running around doing all this stuff where maybe I don't necessarily have all the time in the world to be figuring this out. I really wish I had a buddy or two with me to help me along the way. Maybe that, that would encourage me more and we'll figure it out quicker. But I would just say overall, when, when I look at this this game and I look at this being in early, this, or what, 2020, right? I think that's when it yep. yeah, started. What because I remember uh, when I was at the showcase extended and I got to sit down with Adam and we were talking about this ahead of time. And he even told me, yeah, they start off with like a team of 17 people making this game. Right. And to see what started as an idea inside of Obsidian has grown into this full game at the 1.0. I mean, let's let's not sell it short at all. You know, as far as positives go. It's honey, I shrunk the kids, the game. I'm literally in there playing in a backyard, like I said before, with all these insects just trying to kill me constantly. And I think that's really cool, just this world that they were able to create. I think it was Unreal Engine 4. And when you put in the crafting systems, like you were talking about, Mike, and it, it's not just surface level. There, there's definitely some deep layers to this if you really commit yourself into it, into the game, to where I can see why over the past few years you've had 10 million people play it like i think of somebody like cold eastwood him and his kids have been playing it the entire time right i'm now thinking okay i know my son's gonna play maybe i can get my daughter in we'll play together right and we'll have these adventures and go you know check out these quests and have all these battles you know with these insects and these bosses and stuff like that so that's why I said before, if I were to score it, I I'm, would definitely lean more four to five. I feel like the things that we're talking about more in a negative light are more nitpicky type of things. The the good far outweighs the nitpicks that are in here. But yeah, I've, I've, I've overall had, had a blast with it. I just I know I would have more fun if it was with people. That would be my only real critique right now. Yeah, I definitely think we're doing that. Yeah. Uh trope of like we like the game but we're here we are just talking about what's wrong with it Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. i think it is easy to get into in terms of what you're doing i think crafting is done really really well lots of times crafting is uh what do you want me to do how do i do this uh i think the way they do it here of giving you the basics and then you taking new items back to the labs you analyze those that you know gives you new recipes it'll give you more Mm -hmm. brain power which is basically leveling you up that's a great way to do it. You do have the little baby quests from Burgle that are able to go out and like find a trail marker or put something down that way. And then to your point, it is Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, which is what obviously drew me in initially and what kept me going, wow, there were so many times where you run and you do run into a brand new area. You do run into a brand new thing. I think they did a great job of even, you know, being in there a while of doing the carrot on the stick that you know all right cool like you'll run up to stuff and it'll have like a level two on it showing you okay you have a hammer but you need a level two hammer to smash Mm -hmm. this and then there are like these molars that are all over that you smash to give you you know this big power up or a big boost of uh uh, xp or whatever you want to call it give you new powers and stuff like that and then yeah there are so many things off the beaten path they do do so much you Mm -hmm. know uh with the size and what you find and what's going to be hidden there and like you know the battle toes references and the baseballs and yeah you know the soda cans that are there the ladybug going from uh you know nice to mean and why there's these things that are poisoned and what they're doing like some of the things you can craft and create like the game hat is packed with 
a whole bunch of cool stuff. Oh, yeah. And I think, yeah, it just comes down to how you want to tackle it. That would then change it up for you. My, my, my recommendation is what you're talking about, Paris. I would say, if you're interested in this, start a game from scratch with your friends who are also coming at it from scratch. Because mm-hmm. with the, the detriment in quotes, I think he's maybe even Mike and I should have been trying to play more together the whole way through. But again, my schedule's so weird. And, you know, Mike's out there living the life in San Francisco these days. So, but it was that idea of like, to you know have all this progress and then go to mike's game today i was like oh right i don't bring any of that back and forth this is its own world and it's like oh so we're redoing everything and it's like i'm so i i feel like i keep in this game when i get frustrated is when i'm crawling up the hill and then i slide down and i start crawling and i slide and i, I can't just get over that hump like i want to get over that hump and get further into it and again I could have, you know, copied my game and invited them into that, but we wanted to start from scratch on stream today, right. so we did. And there, there's a bunch of different ways to get around the issues that I've had. But all that said, I just haven't had, I haven't had enough personal fun with it to be like tonight. I am going to start a version that is just me and Mike playing together. It's like, oh, there's other things I'd rather play. But again, that's me talking as Greg, not as somebody who's sitting here saying that the game is great. Like the game is awesome. Like it's got a whole bunch of cool stuff in there. And if you're a survival person or someone just casually interested in seeing what it is, I think it's a good one to get into. Absolutely. And that's kind of to my point where I want to start start a thing with my kids that way. Look, they're, mm-hmm. they're, they're stuck with me. So I know I have that dedicated <laughs> world that we, we can constantly continue to level up and and, and play in. Um, I, I guess the other thing about this, and I could, could be off, but I think I'm right. Um, I believe there's 13 different biomes in, in this world and there's like 40 plus different like enemies or insects or whatever that that you're going to encounter throughout this so i mean like i said this isn't just some simple little thing that you're coming into it's very diverse and it's packed with different things that you're going to encounter along the way so yeah it's, it's fantastic in that way for sure yeah so we ramp down i definitely want to say man the world is dope the game yeah. runs well it is beautiful there's some vistas where you're going to want to stop go into photo mode and just soak it all in the team did yep. a really great job on that and like you two brought up right like me and greg jumped in day one in july 2020 and it is wild to see where we were then to what is now possible in that game there's so much growth from that team at obsidian and what they created is a really really fun awesome survival game that you can check out on game pass with cross play cross progression like super wicked cool stuff and also if you hear the difficulty spike from us and you're thinking oh man that sucks Mind you, there's six different difficulties that you can choose from. There's one to three, which is like your normal basic gameplay, which is easy to hard. You also have like peaceful mode where you can just create and not worry about anything. You can have a mode where it's peaceful, but if you interact with the bugs, they'll fire back at you. And then there's a custom one where you build out the difficulty you want. So they're giving you all the accessibility and difficulty options that you could ask for that we've talked about with the spiders as well. So want to give a big shout out to that. And I'll leave it with this because I totally agree with Paris. I would be on that four to five or four out of five scale here on the kind of funny scale because that is how good this game is. But of course, we'll hear from the big dog. Phil Spencer himself, he put out the tweet right there. He rated it on the kind of funny scale. Uh, really proud of the small and focused team at Obsidian that had the vision for a game and the commitment to build the game hand in hand with the community. Congrats on reaching 1.0 grounded team. And I hope everyone enjoys playing the full release of the game at the grounded game. So make sure to check that out. Paris Lily, you get to have the final word right now. 
So I actually want to go back to something Greg said at the beginning, oh, okay. because this this will tie into something I've been saying for a while now. Greg said at the beginning that he was looking for like that obsidian RPG ness that wasn't there. Right. That's actually a good thing that it wasn't there because this goes again to my point like this game. And I just think about obsidian overall. I've said it before. I'll say it again. We're going to look back at this 10 years from now and realize that Obsidian was probably the most important acquisition that they've made in, in recent memory uh, because of the, the diversity that the studio is starting to promote. Like we just did the, you know, Pentiment. Am I saying it right? I'm saying it wrong. Yes. Uh, obviously, they're about to do the Outer Worlds, too. We know they're doing Avowed. We just got this community driven 1.0 grounded from them and just look look at the games that they're starting to come out with and maybe you know there'll be a world one day where we get a fallout new vegas too from from the studio ah. but it's this is why this type of game is why i love the studio because there's so many smart and amazing people over there doing this work and again like i said before this was an idea from a small team inside that studio and has grown into this full-on retail release now and you know just kudos to them because again I, I i think this is a fantastic game that with it being on game pass definitely go check it out with your friends check it out with your kids i think you'll have a good time have some fun with it and a special tease for you next week. We're going to speak with one of the team members from Obsidian about the game. So hopefully you're playing it all week long and we'll have a dope little interview for you to hang out with us on next week's podcast. But guys, we have something special to talk about because Paris, you might have the handheld that all Xbox gamers want. And I need to know about it right after a word from our sponsors. Shout out to NZXT Canvas Gaming Monitors. We are huge fans of NZXT here at Kind of Funny. And I got to say, these monitors, they're Andy Cortez approved, Kevin Coelho approved, and Tim Gettys approved because of their sweet 1440p resolution with 165 hertz refresh rate and one millisecond response hits. That sweet spot for gamers due to the balance of picture and performance. They're available in 27-inch and 32-inch curved displays. Variable refresh rate support for all of the major GPUs. They provide an excellent gaming experience for any game genre. You can get the monitor just alone. You can get it with a stand or you can get it with some pretty cool mounts. There's built-in software support with NZXT Cam that lets you control all your monitor settings directly on your PC. No need to mess with the clunky hardware menus to lock in your desired settings. They thought of it all. It's sold exclusively on NZXT.com. You can learn more about the NZXT Canvas gaming monitors at NZXT.co slash kind of fun that's nzxt.co slash kind of funny shout out to uplift for sponsoring this episode i've been using my uplift desk for well over a year now i love the thing so much i decided to write a rap song for them the build quality is real good it's made of real high quality wood they didn't ask for it i just did it anyway getting my uplift desk immediately improved my mood whenever i'm on shows i'm standing up i'm feeling a lot more energetic and also i kind of feel like i was just maybe creating some bad habits sitting down at a desk all day i would move my legs up i'd sit underneath my legs on my chair and eventually all that stuff just created really bad back pain for me choose from laminate whiteboard bamboo solid wood butcher block or even custom solid wood or laminate options uplift desk won new york times wire cutters best standing desk from 2019 to 2022 and while i'm at it i'm just going to give them an award as well best standing desk that i use in my bedroom from when they sent it to me until now uplift desk have a 15 year warranty they ship the same day you order with free shipping and free return shipping so if you've been feeling the effects of sitting at a desk for eight hours a day maybe you want some more energy in your life maybe you want to do squats 
in the middle of a Zoom call or something. Uplift your life. Go to kindoffunny.com slash uplift. All right, everyone. Welcome back. Yes, Paris Lily. Last week, you spoke about it here on A Kind of Funny product, but we finally get to talk about it here on The Kind of Funny X-Cast because this could be the big Xbox handheld that we've all asked for. And you have the answer. Is it yes or is it no? Should we pre-order this Logitech G Cloud Gaming handheld? Are you with it or are we not with it? Paris, Xbox gamers need to know. I'm going to punt and say maybe. Oh, because, because here's the thing. Here's the thing. If you were to ask me, I, I, I really want to say no. That's honestly what okay. I want to say. Be honest okay. then. And, and well, well, it, it's complicated, Greg. This is why I said maybe. Okay, my apologies. It, my apologies. It, it, it's this is a place for nuance, Paris. This is okay. kind of funny. Here's, <laughs> here's the problem. And, and I already said this on Gamecast. I'm going to say it again here. It's the price. It's the price and it's the Steam Deck. Those are the two issues that I have with the Logitech G Cloud in that I love the hardware for what it is. It does exactly what you expect it to do. Cloud stream the games, be it on Game Pass, GeForce Now, pull up Steam Link. It's it's basically has a Google Play Store. It's an Android tablet, so you can download, you know, uh, Android apps on there, Android games. It has uh, 64 gigabytes of onboard storage, SD slot on it as well. It does all these things great. There's no issue with that. It's an IPS 1080p 60 hertz screen. Looks great. All that's fine. No issues with that at all. Been playing Game Pass games on it. Been playing GeForce Now games on it. All that's great. But at its, you can pre-order it now for $299, but at its normal retail price at $350, I just have a hard time recommending it because the Steam Deck exists and the Steam Deck does all of this. And you can play local hardware, local games on it as well, you know, off the Steam library. You can obviously tweak it. You can put cloud gaming on it if you want to. G4, like you can do everything that you can do on the G on, on the G cloud as well. So as much as I like it, it's hard for me to tell someone on, here on the show to say, you know what? Go spend 300, go spend 350 and pick this up when you could just spend 50 bucks more. You go get a Steam Deck that does it or to Greg's point right here that I was going to bring up, go get a backbone or, or a razor, connect your phone. Your phone does all this too. Not to mention, there's also this thing called the Nintendo Switch that does a lot of stuff as well. So it's in a very competitive market in that sense. And I think at its price point, it's hard for me to say that's the one that you should go get over, over these other ones. Greg, do you have any follow-up questions now that you've had a couple of days to digest what Paris Lilly has said about the Logitech G um, streaming device? Or should we tell everybody to go on over to the Kind of Funny Games cast where they can listen to more in-depth thoughts and discussion about this new device? You know, do I have new questions? No, I'm a fantastic interviewer mm -hmm. who interviewed mm -hmm. Paris to the top of my game. Yes, uh, But it is that idea of like, you know, I've hemmed and hawed about it in terms of like, well, who is it for and what's it for and yada, yada, yada. And, you know, just recently this week, I got the new iPhone and I downsized. I went from the big old pro to just a normal sized iPhone because I was getting sick of, hey, Mike, 
That's it's called use cases. It's called use cases. All right. <laughs> I'm holding little Benny with this arm. I'm trying to type with this arm, and the the iPhone Pro is so big I can't get my fat thumb my, over. Uh, Mike, are you it. really one to judge other people on their uh-huh. purchases? Well, that's I the, use thank you. That's thank the you. I use my iPhone Pro 19 hours a day is what the thing says to me. So Jesus. you know, I need the biggest and the baddest phone on my side. So okay. now that I have iPad. the smaller one, I have you know I'm looking. You can see I'm running grounded on it right now, and it is you know a smaller screen than what I've been using, what I've been used to. Mm-hmm. And so I can see where, and I know, I think it was Andy maybe who was talking about, she's trying to, you know, stay off of his phone as much as possible. And so I see it there of, okay, you know, and we can sit there in Paris and I'm with you, obviously, I, you know, I love my backbone. I love cloud gaming. I love remote play, yada, yada, yada. And we can sit there and say, well, the steam deck all, does all these things. Right. And it's like, well, it does. If you want to jump through a bunch of hoops, right? Like, I looked at it, I'm like, oh, I need, I was thinking about this the other day of like, oh, well, a bigger screen for my remote play stuff would be nice. Uh, and I went into like, how do I get my PlayStation Xbox? I'm like, oh, shit, fuck, okay, well. <laughs> I'm like, I don't have time, I don't have yeah. the 20 minutes it would take right now to do this. Not that it's impossible or hard, you know, I'm emulating my N64 games on there. But it is a more turnkey, you have the device going. Is it worth the $300 right now, 350 in a couple weeks or whatever it is, or however long it's going to be? I don't think so. I think that is a really high premium for me personally. You know, I adore my backbone controllers now that I have a multiple. And it's that thing of like, I, uh, you know, I, I got the PlayStation one for a review, but the, I, don't know, I think maybe I got a both for you. I've definitely bought a backbone. I think it was for a gift or I bought it for myself. I don't remember, but I would gladly spend another hundred dollars on that. than really think that through, or as we've already talked about, right. If like, take your iPad and sync a controller to it and you're ready to go. You're good to go. Like that we're in such an interesting spot that, a turnkey streaming remote play device is there's so many other devices that are turnkey as well. The steam, (laughs) my steam deck is not one of them, but it could be if I wanted to spend the, you know, an hour with it and make it, make it have all of them ready to go and do the thing. Fifteen minutes. But if I did both, that's half an hour. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Then you gotta figure I'm gonna have a snack during this, it. You know, this you see is how Greg. This, this is Greg. He's done with uh, idiot. PC Big old stuff. dumb idiot. Yeah, Big exactly. old, I'm gonna. I I have to dig out a keyboard to plug into the Steam. You know what I mean? And get the mouse hooked up to it and do this whole thing. I hate it. But anyways, well, no, it, Mike. I'm more interested in you. Does it speak? Have you thought any more about it? Because you know you're Mr. Xbox over there, and I I don't hear you using the backbone or doing that much. Unfortunately, I have not, Greg. You know, I listened into your kind of funny games cast and I've spoken with Paris this week. The big downfall is not being able to download directly to the hard drive, Greg. That is the biggest thing that I'm looking for from an Xbox handheld, right? I love the idea of being able to go on Wi-Fi and cloud stream. That is a must-have now in the Xbox ecosystem. It's a great tool. It's a great, awesome opportunity. But on the flip side, I need to be able to download games because we're not always fortunate enough to have just Wi-Fi all the time. It also doesn't have like 5G or any sort of cell service there. So now I'm restricted to having Wi-Fi all the time wherever I need it. So the downfall for me is not being able to download games directly onto that i think that's what the xbox gamers are looking for is that ps vita meets the cloud type vibe where yes i have games i can download them they're always there ready to go oh i can play games on wi-fi or maybe even a 5g cell service if you want to do that and i have it all in one the steam deck is a great option right but like you said there is some small hoops to jump through on the xbox side if you want to use game pass also at the same time right when you look at it it's a very high price point i'm looking for For more something at about 300 that lets me do all of that is the dream right when i see paris's device 
there, that's a $150 device that I would want to buy, right? If you told me that's 100 to 150, I would look at you and say, okay, maybe we can have a conversation about just cloud streaming. But beyond that, I think I need more. And I think the Xbox gamers need more as well to make that jump to what they really want out of these kind of devices. Now, out of my couple weeks of testing with this, I, I if, if somebody from Xbox is, is listening or watching mm. this right now, I do have one request. The fact that you can do Steam Link on here, so I can obviously do local streaming in the house and play. There's another PC, Windows Gaming Store, whatever you want to call it, that I would love to also see have this functionality, and it's the Xbox one. It's the Xbox app. And the reason I bring that up is, yes, the Series X, I can, I can do remote play from that, and it works just fine. But I also have children, and my children like to play on the consoles. So if they're all on the Xbox consoles, but I want to play an Xbox game, I can't because it's taken up and I can't do remote play because they're all actively on using it. But I do have a PC. And if that Xbox app was working, I could also do cloud streaming on this as well. So I think that would be a great quality of life feature that would help a lot of parents who have children that like the game too. hook a brother up. That's all I'm saying. Help me out. Well said, Paris. I like that. I like that family plan. Let's get that close and yes. let's continue to take steps to this awesome future that we want everybody. Paris, we have a really dope story. We have two stories to end out today's show and something really special. I know near and dear to your heart, all of our hearts here are kind of funny, something that we've really been trying to amplify and talk about. And that is Xbox now introducing Project Amplify. I'm going to read directly from the Xbox blog and I would love for you two. We have a really great one here with Greg, uh, uh, Game Over Greggy, Greg Miller, to talk about this, of course, from the Xbox blog. It says, gaming is a leading form of entertainment, but to date, only 2% of professionals in the video game industry are black compared to 13% of the U.S. population. In partnership with members of the black communities at Xbox, Xbox is looking to up-level that statistic and close this gap by promoting pipelines for black people and youth across the gaming industry. Introducing... Project Amplify, a video series that aims to magnify black voices within Xbox to inspire, educate, and motivate youth across the U.S. to aspire or aspire towards careers in the gaming industry through real-life storytelling from black leaders and employees across the Xbox ecosystem. Project Amplify features 14 black employees from across Xbox as they each share advice insights into their current roles and highlights from their time within the game gaming industry. This video series is meant to educate youth on the diversity of roles within the gaming industry while highlighting some of the black people who are working in those roles daily. Personally, this is something you have been a massive advocate for here on this podcast, educating not only myself, but so many who listen around the globe. You see this, we see more and more steps towards this from Xbox. What does this mean to you? And what does the future look like with something like Project Amplify? It means a lot to me. It really does. Because uh, as you said, this is something that I've, I've been talking about for, uh, you know, for a long period of time. The importance of being able to see someone that looks like me actually doing this, that can inspire 
our youth to want to go do this. So just showing that picture and, you know, obviously, you know, most people here are already know Sarah Bond. So she would probably be the feature person on there. But there were so many other people that were in that picture that work inside of Xbox that people don't even know about. So to be able to spotlight them and to have them tell their stories, tell how they got into the industry and what they're doing, working over at Xbox, I guarantee you there there's kid black people that black kids that are looking at that video and it's going to motivate them to want to get into the industry and that's the whole point is this the end all be all yep our work is done here no this is just solved yeah (laughs) no absolutely not but this is a great first step to at least start those conversations to then like i said someone's going to be watching Uh, that video and they're going to try and figure out, well, how do I get in the industry? What do I need to do? The next step is going to be providing those tools, providing those steps that people have to take. Because again, no one's asking for anyone to take, oh, just just hand me a job, hand me like I'm in the video game industry. No, you're going to have to put in the work. But at the same time, I think providing the tools and providing the things that are needed to, to get to where you see a Sarah Bond mm-hmm. is very important. And to, and again, I'm just using her as an example, seeing her up there and seeing these other people up there, like, like I said at the top, is going to motivate people. Hell, it motivates me, right? And I'm old. So imagine our youth being able to see that and, and they get motivated and, you know, me being old, you know, my time is almost up, but they still have plenty of time in the world and they can put in the work and the time and the effort to actually start working in the industry. I, and I'll just say this so I don't rant too much. It's sad that there's only 2%. It's sad. It's sad. Look, we, we play a lot of games. We come up with a lot of ideas. We, we do a lot from the sidelines uh, on this industry, but we're not actually the ones that are in there actually doing the creation, doing the work to, to provide these experiences. And we have to do a better job. I mean, when I say we, I mean, all of us need to do a better job to diversify this industry. And it isn't just about black people, but obviously I'm black, so I'm going to champion black people. But it's about getting more more diversity into this industry to spur more unique and creative ideas. And to have a project like this at Xbox does make me very happy. And hopefully, like I said, we'll see more companies do the exact same thing. And take it a step further like xbox already does the game camp new orleans does you know the game camp atlanta that they just did a few weeks ago these are the building blocks to start getting more people you know into this industry and obviously i talk about stem all the time you know as a black man who has black children i'm and i was saying this to mike a couple of weeks ago on the show i'm on my son's tail all the time about dude learn how to code i know it sucks i know you don't want to do it but just get the knowledge because you never know where that's going to be useful down the line. And I think that's a message that if we keep can promote this more, you know, to our youth is going to take all of us a very long way. Please a smile to my face, Paris. And I love hearing that powerful talk from you and seeing the leadership at Xbox take those steps. And, you know, I've been blessed to be around a man in Greg Miller, who is just like that. He advocates for change. He is a leader. And Greg, when you see this in the industry that you have been in, for so long, how does that make you feel? Are these the right steps? Are you pleased with the steps that you see? And are you looking at other companies saying, where's your moment, what's going on? Are they doing all the work in the background? We just don't see it. 
Well, no, you know, everybody's been talking on this podcast, especially about, you know, Project Amplifying, how great it is. I'm going to be devil's advocate. No, I'm fucking around. Racists, get out of here. No, it's great to see. Of course, right, Mike? It's <laughs> fantastic gave, to see. You gave Ferris a heart attack, man. <laughs> Greg, you got <laughs> to... They're not used to this been, kind of level of trolling, Greg. You got to give someone a warning. It's been 16 years of being Greg Miller, and now I'm going to show my true colors. <laughs> God. No, oh, no, man. no. Not on this no. podcast. <laughs> my, <laughs> no, Mike, of course, this is a great thing to see. And I think where it gets dangerous is when you do uh, want to sit there and go, oh, but what about this company? What about that company? Start t- turning outward. I'd rather go inward with it and compliment Xbox on them and tell yeah. them how great mm-hmm. this is and lead by that way, right? Because, you know, when you start uh, going at people and you're going to thumb in the eye or be mad about something, right? That's when either people are going to be more inclined to dig their heels in and, and be shut down and be whatever and be like, we're, we already are diverse. We don't need to worry about this or make token gestures that really aren't, you know, going to move the needle or are, are in the efforts of good faith. You want the pressure to come internal. You want Xbox to do so g- great at this and be applauded and uh, lauded for this that every other company goes, oh man, like, we the, and I mean, from a company groundswell, we aren't doing enough. We should do this. And also, the, of course, the fact that every other big video game uh, publisher and developer can then look around and be like, yeah, you know what? We are diverse and we should use our voice and we should mention that because, you know, to Paris's point, right? Like, obviously, there's been an increase in diversity in the video game industry in the time Paris and I have been playing and being around video games. And Part of that is the fact that you are seeing people rise up and be able to say, hey, I am this kind of person. I am this uh, gender, creed, sexuality, race, and I'm going to represent that and be there and move that uh, baton forward, move that flag forward. And so I think like it is an incredibly special time right now to see stuff like that uh, celebrated in the industry, both in terms of Xbox doing this, but then the fact that there are so many developers of color out there making incredibly unique experiences that open my eyes as, you know, general ass white guy to new cultures and new things and being able to understand that. And I think that can go so far, right, to really open up to make a game that is anchored in your culture and maybe not even about your culture, but anchored in your culture to have those right. opinions of it. I mean, look at like, you know, something <clears throat> as simple as Spider-Man Miles Morales. Right. And like to how much did we all get to experience what, uh, you know, a Puerto Rican family or Puerto Rican slash black family feast is all about. Right. And how he talks to his family and what his Harlem's like and all these different things. And, you know, even to have the girl in there that is deaf and you sign language. And again, remember how amazing that was. Of That wasn't a big thing. Like, right, I, you can then go back as far as, like, I remember, uh, you know, there was a great, oh, man, I still follow her on Twitter, but the name is escaping me, Twitch streamer. And I remember when her clip blew up of her first time playing Left Behind when it came out on PlayStation and Ellie coming out as gay. And, like, her having to stop the stream and break down because she saw her story represented, right? Like, you do this thing that I've always talked about on podcast, Mike, and, you know, you kicked it to me saying that, you know, I've been doing this a long time, right? And I'm always striving for this and striving to be better. And what I always, if there was one thing when it's all said and done, I hope that people take away from my podcast career. It would be the fact that obviously I'm trying to be a better person each and every day. And each and every day I screw it up in some way and I make a mistake. And when those mistakes are made, what do we do? We talk about them. And you see me genuinely try to be a better person and try to learn from that and learn from those experiences. And so me sharing those kind of stories, I hope 
then educates people the way I wish I had been educated when I was younger. Right. I tell the story all the time, you know, of when I was, you know, growing up in the suburbs of Chicago and then going to school in Missouri. Like if you didn't like something, totally fine to call it gay. I don't mean I don't mean it's homosexual. I mean, it's stupid. I mean, it's this. And I remember and it's a tired Greg Miller story, so I will summarize. But I remember, you know, saying that in college once uh, with the door open, I was making a comment, making fun of Jason X, I think it was. And my friend Graham, who was gay and like my first close gay friend stopped. He's like, what'd you say? I was like, oh, this is stupid. He's like, but that's not what you said. And he sat down and talked to me and it wasn't right. confrontational and it came from somebody I trust and respected. And I was like, oh, okay. I never thought of it that way. And I apologize. And we are in obviously, and it's that thing now that we get to do that with podcasts. Xbox gets to do that with this program. Developers get to do that. People who are, you know, companies that are making statements about Black Lives Matter or whatever uh, they need to make a statement about out there that we don't support this. This is what we stand for. It's, you know, the cynic and everybody wants to oh, pandering, ah, oh, the liberal agenda, blah, blah. It's like, no, these people are these companies are made up of people and they want to make sure that they are representing their workforce. And sometimes it's pandering. But most of the time it is, hey. This is a moment for us to actually talk about who we are and what we are so that you can educate other people who care about that game, that brand, that developer, that company can sit there and go, oh, man, I do respect Xbox. I do respect Sarah Bond. And the fact that they're saying that this, they're putting out 2% of professionals in the video game industry are black compared to 13%. Like, huh, that is something that we need to think about. It is something, you know, we think about all the time with, I should say we, something I think about all the time when you compare, and this isn't me knocking IGN, but you compare the podcasts I started on to what podcasts are now. When it was that, what, every game scoop was just a bunch of white guys around. You know, we had Jeff Haynes, who was black on Podcast Beyond, we found of that, and then Jeff left, and it was more white guys, right? We're talking about not having people of color, not having uh, uh, gay voices, not having women, not having these things. And again, not having them to have the token, well, we have a gay person, we have a black person. Not that just trying to represent who is listening to the fucking show. And it wasn't something you thought about until the audience started talking to you about that. And it was a thing of like, oh, right. Like we need to do better about that. Well said no. from both of you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, very, very powerful right here. And a great, you, yeah, go Paris, Yeah, can please. I say, say this, this yeah. one thing? And obviously I try to not talk about anything that was in confidence, but this isn't necessarily in confidence. This is just an observation that I've had um, over the past couple of years. Greg made the point about, you know, you'll see stuff like this and oh, it's oh, it's just pandering, pandering. Oh, like, why, why are you doing this? I can say as a black man who has had opportunities to do things with Xbox over the past couple of years, the leadership over there is sincere about this. 100%. I have seen it with my own eyes. I have had those conversations and it's not just pandering. It's not just a, a PR stunt. It's not just marketing. There, there's legitimate, we need to do better. We need to be more diverse. We need to introduce more ideas and more cultures in, into our workflow, into our environment here at Xbox. That is a real statement that, that I have heard and I do believe. So um, no one has to believe me when I say it, but I'm, I'm just letting you know that when I saw that, it didn't shock me because I know that there were conversations that have happened there internally from their leadership, from the tippity top. Right. So I am definitely happy to see that. And I 
And I, again, I, I just hope this is the start of something more. This is the start of something to where it's not, I forget what the year was. Again, I keep picking on Sarah Bond, but it's just top of mind. Was this 2018? <laughs> whatever the first year she came out there at the, the E3 show, whatever year that was, me and Khalif were sitting next to each other. I, I, I swear to God, I, I almost grabbed his hand and squeezed it because that's how excited we were to see that. And I'm an old man that was excited to see the like, oh, my God, here's this this black woman up there on stage at, at the Xbox show and she's presenting all this stuff. If I was excited about it, imagine that 14 or 15 year old kid that's seeing the same thing that's 100%. thinking I'll never happen, have an opportunity to ever do something like this. To see someone like her up there on that stage just might be the motivation to get them to believe that, yep, I can do this too. And then again, as I said before, it is up to us to make sure that we're providing the pathway, the tools, the skill set, the, the, the opportunity to get the skill set to be able to do, to do this stuff. So again, I'm, I'm happy to see it and uh, I hope we see more. There it is. That's how we're going to end today's episode. It's a perfect, powerful way to end this one. Of course, thank you all so much for watching. Hopefully you're jumping into Grounded. Please go check out the teaser right now for Project Amplify right now over on the Xbox YouTube channel. You can go check it out. More details on the Xbox blog. And with that, on behalf of Paris Lilly and Game Over, Greggy Greg Miller from the PS I Love You and Games Daily crew and Bear Courtney behind the scenes. Thank you all so much for watching. Game on, gamers. Peace.